Are you ready for a travel adventure? How about an exciting trip to Venice or an exhilarating experience in Bangkok? Maybe you were more about a culinary adventure in Barcelona or just a relaxing day cruising the canals of Amsterdam. Join the Professor Travel as he invites you on an epic excursion, one that has you traveling the globe with him. Come and experience a world of culture, a world of history and architecture, a world of food and experiences to broaden your mind and save you time and money as you travel. Learn more, discuss more, travel more, and enjoy life more. And now your host, The Professor Travel. Greetings, students, and welcome to the special edition of The Professor Travel Domestic Edition. My name is Scott. Uh, this is the website, vlog, and podcast where you go in order to learn more about different travel destinations. This is where we go in order to discuss them as a community. Hopefully, this will inspire you to travel more and enjoy life more. Now, you can find me on any of my social media sites, including theprofessortravel.com. On YouTube and Facebook, you can find me there under The Professor Travel. I'm now available on TikTok at The Professor Travel. If you're on Instagram, you can find me at the underscore professor underscore travel. On Twitter, you can find me there at The Professor Travel TR1 or The Professor TR1, excuse me. And then if you're a blogger, you can find me on Blogspot at theprofessortravel.blogspot.com. Today, I am very, very excited to have one of my favorite visiting professors back with me, Bill Perry. Hey, Bill, how you doing, man? Good. How are you doing, Scott? I'm doing great so much. Um, we've, we've had a couple of different conversations in the past on international travel. This will be our first on domestic travel. And yeah. so um, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. But for my viewers, uh, the students that are out there that, have, that are maybe not familiar with your previous uh, vlogs and podcasts, can you tell us a little bit about your educational background and maybe a couple of different countries that you've traveled to? Sure, sure. Well, um, I, uh, I did a bachelor's degree in business management and then uh, followed up with a master's in psychology and a second master's in uh, education, which revolved around uh, adult education and corporate training. Excellent. Yeah. And you've, had, you've, you've traveled, you traveled outside the U.S. several times, if I'm, if yeah, I'm correctly. Yeah, we've been, we've been uh, all over the world. Uh, two of my favorite places um, I would say uh, Japan, number one. That's how I held the number one spot since I've been there. And uh, uh, Italy, probably be number two. And for anybody who wants to know more about his time in Italy, go back to, I think it was October of last year is when we recorded that podcast and vlog. So again, great stuff, great information, great interview, lots of stuff on culinary adventures. It was amazing. So yeah. now with this specific series of vlogs and podcasts that we're going to do, we're going to focus, obviously the pandemic has limited a lot of people from doing international travel. So we're going to focus a little bit more on our domestic travel and specifically this this vlog and podcast is going to deal with Arizona, which is where Billy and his fiance Sonia live at. So in talking a little bit about Arizona, we have a little bit of history to talk about there. Um, I know prior to the 1950s, obviously, uh, I think it was in, well, they were obviously the 48th state, uh, right. which uh, they became on uh, Valentine's Day of, do you remember what year that was? 1912, yeah. 1912? Okay. Yep. And I know also, you know, leading up to this, you know, there was a heavy Native American population. Uh, we've had, um, you know, 
major, major events like the shootout at the OK Corral down in Tombstone, Arizona, things like that. Um, and then more recently, within the last few years, um, you know, there have been some events, uh, both good and not so good. Obviously, the um, attempted assassination of Gabby Giffords uh, comes to mind. You know, that's that's obviously tragic. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of different things that are in terms of recent history uh, out there as well. And anything that really stands out to you? Well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Um, you know, I grew up in, in Los Angeles area, Oxnard, California, which is very, very close to L.A. Uh, and I heard quite a bit about uh, Arizona growing up. And uh, uh, there was a lot of a lot of it revolved around uh, civil rights. And, um, uh, <laughs> you know, Arizona didn't look too good that way, uh, at yeah. least from uh, from looking at it from California. Um I was a huge fan of In Living Color, which was a great comedy sketch show, kind of like Saturday Night Live, just a little more, a little more flavor, a little more hip hop flavor to it. Yep, yep. Um, and uh, I mean, it, Arizona was a uh, a frequent butt of the joke. On that, uh, they typically had skits where getting pulled over in Arizona as a black person or as a gay person or as you know any kind of minority was was a common thing. So if that gives you an idea of. <laughs> my idea of Arizona when I was younger. What 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 made you want to move there in the first place? Because I mean, you've been there for like over twenty years now. You know, uh, after I got out of the army, uh, my family was here. Okay. You know, and uh, just decided to to stay. You know, because opportunity came up and uh, for a good job, and um, I took it and been here ever since. Yeah. yeah. And it turned out to not be, you know, what I thought. You know, uh, well, what what how, how how have you how have you how have, has your how has your thinking changed with Arizona well, over the last few years? Like I said, I really had a bad impression because of the civil rights thing. Um, you know, Arizona had refused to recognize Martin Luther King Day. Yeah. Um, so something I was pretty passionate about. You know, most of my life. Um, you know, it, it civil rights, equality in general. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I, I had kind of a bad taste in my mouth because of that. And I figured it was a, kind of a, a racist hick town, to be honest. Okay. And um, it, it's really not like that. There's there's areas, you know, and, and there's uh, there's definitely issues and things that need to be addressed. But, I mean, the greater Phoenix metro area is, is like a mini L.A., yeah. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about the political climate in just a couple of minutes because I definitely want to get your opinion on a few of those things. And I know we're going to have some some viewers who may disagree in terms of some of the polarizing opinions that we may have on this. And that's fine. We welcome we welcome comments. Uh, please, by all means, if you have a, a differing view, we're all absolutely. We, we all want to hear about it. So, and again, by the way, Billy, uh, I should mention, thank you for your service. I appreciate that. Um, let's talk a little bit about the geography of the area because the Arizona desert for is legendary for its beauty. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your general knowledge of, you know, the geography of the area, major cities and things like that as well? Yeah. I mean, well, you have, uh, your main population center with about 2 million people is, uh, uh Phoenix. Uh, within Phoenix, you basically, yeah, I guess you can call them suburbs of Phoenix. You have you know, pretty major town cities, uh, biggest one being Mesa, then Tempe, and they're all together. I mean, you walk across the street, you go from Tempe, you know, but there's, uh, yeah, Mesa, Tempe, uh, Gilbert, where I live, mm-hmm. Chandler, um, 
uh, Castle Grounds a little oh, bit for Scott, Scottsdale also like Scottsdale. right in the area. Scottsdale's a, I mean, most people have heard of Scottsdale. They say mm-hmm. it's where all the old mafia guys go and they go on a witness protection <laughs> program, like Sammy the Bull. <laughs> yeah, <he's laughs> um, but it's a pretty affluent area, so it's Fountain Hills. Mm-hmm. But they're all very close together, you know. Um, but yeah, Arizona's known for for an incredible heat. Uh, it's the hottest place in the country, but um, they say it's a, a dry heat, right? Mm-hmm. It is, it is. And I mean, I, I did my boot camp in Georgia in August and there, there's a definite difference. Uh, which one's worse? <laughs> I mean, it, it's a matter of opinion, I guess. They're both pretty rough to deal with. Yeah. Uh, but I guess if I had to pick, you know, I'd go with the dry heat because, you know, at least you're not wet. <laughs> I, I think I think I agree with you on that. And you and I have both been to Thailand. And yeah. so that's an example of the humidity that's like overpowering. And I've lived in Arizona, as you know. I used to work mm-hmm. with you. Right. Um, and so one of the things that strikes me about the heat in Arizona is that if you, it could be 120 degrees out, which is blistering. I mean, you can literally cook. You, you have people who, as demonstrations, they will, fl- they will fry an egg on the pavement or on their dashboard. They'll bake cookies just to yeah. show that it's possible and people won't believe them. But if you step under some kind of an awning, all of a sudden, because it's dry heat, it's not as hot anymore. It drops like 20 degrees all of a sudden. Right. That's true. That's true. So and, you know, it's much more tolerable. You know, when you're in Thailand or you're in Georgia, uh, you know, uh, Louisiana, Mississippi, whatever, yeah. um, you know, you catch a breeze there and all of a sudden you feel great, you know, yeah. so yeah, there's, there's pros and cons. Yeah. And Arizona is one of the few places that actually has a border with just like, it's one of four, it like has a corner. I think it's, um, right, right. the four corner monument here. is there. Yeah. Right. Four right. Monument. Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, Arizona, Colorado, Utah, New Mexico. Correct. And then on the Southern border, you have another country, which is Mexico right there. Absolutely. So it's a great opportunity for you to be able to get out and enjoy a lot. And there's a lot of different things to do there. Uh, but from obviously the next picture, you can see the beautiful picturesque Arizona sky is spectacular. I'll tell you this and let's see if you, uh, if you agree with okay. what Sonia does. And, uh, you know, we've been all over the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, from New Zealand, uh, you know, I've never been to Hawaii. She has, but Arizona has absolutely the most beautiful sunsets of any place on earth that I've been so far. Okay. So I love Arizona sunsets. I would say, the majority of all, uh, the majority of the of the best sunsets in the world that I've seen are in Arizona. You're absolutely right on that. Once in a while, however, there will be there will be a place where I'll be like, "Wow, I have to record that because not only is it the sunset, but it's the ambiance of the area." And place that you and I have both gone to, Venice, has just it's it's extraordinary when you get the perfect sunset and you get the perfect like canals and everything at the same time so I mean, it's I, it, like art it's subjective <laughs> but i think i would say more consistently to your point that arizona's sky is one of the most beautiful people go people travel from around the world to see it it's just yeah. extraordinary yeah. um but weather wise arizona also has some really unique very weird weather phenomenon like um something with a funny name can you tell me more about that yeah, sure. Well, there's a couple things. Uh, you know, monsoon season here, uh, and I don't know if 
I mean, it's got to be climate change. But when I first got here uh, in 1996, so I've been here a long time, uh, the monsoons were incredible. I mean, just violent storms, gorgeous, scary, uh, you know, just thick rays of lightning shooting all over. Just You can feel it crackling electricity in the air. Really, really amazing. That's calmed down over the years. Uh, we don't get them as, as, uh, as dramatic as they were. Mm-hmm. But that's the one thing was the big monsoons. And then what you're talking about is the haboob. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Craziest thing I think I ever saw when I was in Arizona. And prior to moving there, I want to say about a month before I moved there, I saw this video that was taken of a haboob that came in that was so apocalyptic. It literally looked like a nuclear cloud was blowing all over. <laughs> it it was like that, uh, that movie, The Mummy. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And it was like... No exaggeration I, to that. And it was time-lapsed. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but it's but it's it's a it's it is a strange phenomenon. Explain to my viewers, please, what exactly is a haboob? I mean, it's it's a funny word, but it sounds it's, right. it sounds it's, funny, but it's really kind of but it's pretty serious. Crazy. Yeah, it can be dangerous. Um, uh, haboob is basically a wall of sand. It's a sandstorm, but uh, it's concentrated and it just rolls in. Uh, I guess it's you know pressure system, whatever that captures all this, uh, this sand in it. I mean, it just blankets everything, you know, uh, some places it can cut your visibility down to zero. I've had to stop in the middle of a hoboob and, pull yeah, over, you too. know, and I'm one of those guys that, you know, <laughs> like I won't stop unless I have to. So yeah, it can be pretty serious. Yeah. You, know, you don't get caught out in it. I was living in a small area, just, south of phoenix for a while and we hit we were hit by a haboob really quickly and when that happened like i couldn't see a foot in front of my car i we had to pull over there was no other way and i you know when once the haboob was gone because it's not that long it takes maybe about 20 30 minutes at the most and it's gone but then all of a sudden it's like you realize everybody's on the side of the road and like now your car is covered in sand and you just gotta like use the windshield wipers, get it off of there. And then you're back on the road. So it's yeah, like, yeah. well, I, I mean, you know, you, you gotta be careful with, uh, small children and, and, uh, elderly, maybe with, uh, lung problems, COPD, whatever, you know, yeah, it, true. that could be, that could be dangerous for them because you are breathing in a, a handful of sand, you know, it's pretty, pretty rough sometimes. Yeah. Any other really unusual climate activity that you could think of? Because, I mean, when I think of, like, living here, obviously you're a California native, I'm a California native. We, th- we, we live through earthquakes all the time. But there yeah. really aren't that many earthquakes in Arizona. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot, there's not hurricanes, there's not a lot of activity. Tornado-wise, you might get, like, dust devils once in a while, but nothing yeah. like, yeah, nothing like a crazy, like, I, I, I would That's say... Yeah, exactly. For the most part, I'd say it's devoid of those types of things. I mean, there's animal-wise, there's obviously rattlesnakes or scorpions, there's black widows, things like that, but nothing really weather-wise. Oh, um, flash floods maybe once in a while. I mean, yeah, every once in a while, I guess. That's about it. Where you're at. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I've seen some flooding here in the Phoenix area a couple times. Just, I mean, it, it made me turn around and go home instead of going to work. So I was like, eh, you know, <laughs> damage was done. So, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. <laughs> so let's move on to the culture of the people of Arizona. Um, obviously, there is a huge Mormon or, or population. Or, or lack of, yeah. Um, I know that there is a huge Mormon population religious-wise that's in Arizona. Um, uh, and there is a, a strong Native American population as well in the Arizona area. Um, in terms of, uh, am I leaving out any major religious groups that you can think of? Well, I mean, you know, like anywhere, there's, there's, there's groups. I mean, there, you don't see them as much, but there's, there's Muslim groups here. There's a decent population. Um, you know, and unfortunately they have a hard time here for the most part. Um, it's not a, a very forgiving place for, for certain, uh, for certain folks. Um, you know, being um, roughly 30% Hopi, Native American myself, the tribe, uh, the Hopi tribe is here in Arizona. So, I mean, I'm very proud of that. My grandma was, um, you know, a registered member uh, of, of that uh, tribe. They're surrounded by the Navajo Nation. Um, so there are a lot of folks out here uh, with Native ancestry and a lot of pride in that um there's a, a pretty large mexican community mm-hmm. here uh, and i know I, I grew up in a mexican community in, in oxnard uh, yeah oxnard and, and santa paula and uh you know la area and um i mean i speak spanish and you know kind of grew up with my role models being mostly you know mexican men and women you know um so we have a lot of uh, issues here, you know, on the southern border. Yeah. And, and we'll, talk, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in just a minute, too, because I, yeah. I, I definitely... Well, I mean, it's, it is something that is close to my, my heart um, anyway, you know, having grown up in a community. And then, you know, that's one thing we're talking about, lack of culture. <laughs> you know, just my nice way of saying that. I mean, there is another culture here in Arizona, and that's, of the uh, you know, people who, um, you know kind of, I guess, would call themselves Arizona natives, though they're not Native American. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're a very nationalistic group uh, of people. Yeah. And, um, you know, kind of look at the country as theirs. And that's, uh, that's something that those cultures, that culture or lack of clashes with, with many of the others. And that's one of the big issues that we see here um, in Arizona. Yeah, and I find that fascinating because you look at things like, obviously, there's when I think of culture, one of the things I think about is art, and there's a really unique opportunity for you know the Native American art boom there. Um, obviously, you know you have um, Sedona and Jerome, which are major art communities within Arizona uh, that are beautiful, um, uh, lots of uh, gems, gem crafting, uh, especially turquoise. In Arizona, um, and then obviously um, Frank Lloyd Wright, uh, one of the premier architects of our of our ages, uh, lived in Arizona for quite some time. Actually, yeah, yeah, he made it to his home, and uh, Arizona definitely um, celebrates him. You know, as one of those famous uh, uh, residents. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of the languages, though, in the area, I mean, again, I think that kind of links a little bit to what you're talking about um, with respect to the uh, culture and the specific uh, people that are in the area. Um, obviously, there is a there is a larger than normal Mexican uh, 
population because we're right on the border with Mexico. So obviously there is a Spanish uh, flair to a lot of the languages in some of the area, but, uh, but primarily it's English and Spanish, I think, for the most part, correct? Yeah. Uh, English, uh, number one. Mm-hmm. Of course, followed by, by Spanish. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it would be nice if I could say, um, you know, Navajo or, or Hopi or something is number three, but that would that would not be true. Uh, the populations are, are far too small and um, not not everybody in the uh, those populations uh, know the language either. So it's it's kind of a dying a dying art that's, uh, you know, a few people are. are are holding on to. But you you know how to speak a little Navajo as well, correct? <laughs> uh, I I know how to say happy birthday. <laughs> That's it. Would you, would you would you share that with us? Sure, sure. And I, I learned this for uh, uh, a lady that I worked with who was uh, um, like a little sister to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was Navajo. Um, her uh, fiance, who uh, I worked with as well, who was great great buddy of mine. Um, he's, uh, gosh, I can't, I want to say the name of his tribe on Nagaranset okay. as well. Um, so it's kind of cool that they ended up finding each other. He's very similar to me. Uh, I'm Irish and, and Hopi. He's Irish and Nagaranset, although I obviously present as Irish uh, and he presents um, as native. So it's kind of a cool thing. But anyway, I learned how to say this for uh, uh, my little sister's, uh, adopted little sister's uh, uh, birthday. Um, which was pretty cool. Anyways, it's, uh, uh, and forgive me for any Navajos out there. <laughs> hey, you know, if I butcher it, I, I do apologize. I, I learned it with nothing but respect in mind, but uh, it's Bahanosko Nidaschi. Very nice. And that's happy birthday? That's happy birthday. In, in well done. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. I'm glad we learned something today. Um, above and beyond everything we're already learning, but let's get into talking about one of my favorite topics to talk about with you, and that's food. Oh my gosh, man. Yes. Your, your, your culinary review of Italy like, brought me to tears, practically. <laughs> I mean, I'm, no, seriously. Here, like, okay, so for the viewers who have not seen that, please go back and see it. It's a great review of the different Michelin restaurants that he went to when he and his uh, fiance Sonia were in Italy. Uh, they have another uh, wonderful um, uh, podcast and vlog uh, where we review uh, Thailand as well and some of the wonderful foods that are there. But in thinking about, think about home for a moment. Think about Arizona. What are some of the foods that stand out to you in Arizona? Well, um, would I say Arizona is like a foodie mecca? No. No, I wouldn't say it's a foodie mecca, but uh, and there is some, some foodies here, and the culture is starting to grow. You know, over the last maybe, you know, five, ten years, it's getting better. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are some some really nice restaurants mm-hmm. out there. And I'll, I'll definitely give uh, a few suggestions. Um, you know, of course, you have a different style Mexican uh, food here or the food. Mexican food is very regional, by the way. So like I grew up, you grew up in Southern California and uh, Mexican food, which is, you know, from a certain part of Mexico, most likely, you know, yeah. and it has a certain taste to it. Uh, here it's different, you know, so it was really difficult for me to adjust to the Mexican food here, you know, yeah. it took me a while. Maybe it's, you know, it's hard for me to put a finger on because like there's Mexicans cooking it, 
you know, many of the people here are from Mexico, so it's not, you can't say there's well, any issues think, with authenticity. It's just. No, it's, it's like, you, I think you said it's regional. Like, for example, when I think of California Mexican food, I tend to think of it like what you're saying right now makes perfect sense because it's like we're getting a lot of things that are coming up the coastline. So you're going to get things like fish tacos and you're going to get things like, um, you know, uh, taquitos and, and things like that. Maybe a lot of tacos, but that's fine too. But then when you move over to Arizona, the focus tends to be on things that are a little bit heavier in queso and salsa and um, mole and things like that, which are a little bit more spicy. You were talking about like Tex-Mex earlier. Like yeah. Style. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is very different. Um, you know, more corn and stuff in it than in, uh, I grew up with, you know, I think, um, Caminos, which is cumin basically, uh, is something that I was used to in the food I grew up with, which is not as prevalent here. It took me a while to kind of figure that out too. I was like, what? Something's missing. What is it? And and you know what? It turns out nothing was missing. It was just, I was looking at it from different viewpoint. So once I learned to appreciate, you know, this style, then, uh, you know, I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything. So, yeah, a lot of good Mexican food. Um, you can get native food, too. Indian fry bread is mm. delicious. Yeah. You know? um, Navajo tacos, uh, you know, that's basically fry bread. You make a taco with beans and, you know, uh-huh. different items that you put on it. You know, something I never had here in Southern California that I did have a few times while I was in Arizona was pistole. Pistole. Yeah. Pistole. Wait, how it? Am I saying it wrong? I thought it was pistole. 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 Pistole, yeah. Yeah, no cheese. Okay, pistole, which is basically a soup, but it's a a Mexican soup, and it's very, very good. Like a meatball soup type thing. Uh, It's almost like if you... Like I grew up being fed menudo and I didn't like menudo, except I loved the the sauce. Mm-hmm. I love the soup. I didn't like the hominy and I definitely didn't like the tripe. So pasole is kind of like you take out the hominy and tripe and put in whatever. The spicy you know, broth and like meat. meatballs and stuff like that. Yeah. Pork or, or whatever. And then and you then you have that. So it's amazing. <laughs> Even bad pasole is good. Now, I do want to. I do want to ask what your top. And again, we're not solicit. Nobody's paying us to make references to any specific restaurants, but there are a few that are out there that. If they want to pay us, then. Oh, by all means, yeah, I'm down. I'm. I'm good. I'm good. Um, like one of my favorites for anybody who's visiting the Phoenix area. Uh, there's a place called Rustler's Roost, which is like right on the top of the hill of Phoenix, where you can see the airport. You can see Sky Harbor Airport um, from there. Uh, it's primarily barbecue. Um, I've had rattlesnake there which is weird, <laughs> but if you've ever had fried rattlesnake, that's kind of cool. Um, one of my favorite delis. I, I mean, it's weird for me to say this because it's like you're thinking, okay, well, I've lived on the East Coast and I've lived all over the place. Jersey, right? When you're talking about delis. Yeah, here. yeah. But one of my favorite one of my favorite delis is a small chain deli that's located in Arizona, of all places, called Chompies. And Chompies has like some of the best bagels, some of the best uh, uh, soup. Lodkas, the potato pancakes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And uh, in fact, I think I, I remember we went there when I was leaving your I was leaving your team at one point, and so we we had gone there. Um, 
I think um, to, for for one reason or another. Anyways, That's where um, I met uh, I met Kevin the first. Time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so it was again really I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, what are what are your what are your like top three restaurants that like shine out to you? Sliders there that were really good, like a kind of like a roast beef slider with the pan, potato pancake on it. Like yep. that was really good. Yeah, and a sampler slider thing that had like different types of. Uh, like and there was an all, all on like challah bread, which is like a Jewish bread, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah, good so. pretty good. My favorite three restaurants. Wow. Um, <laughs> well, my favorite restaurant here in, in is uh, Houston's. Okay, it's also uh, also known as Hillstone. Uh, it just depends on where they're at. Uh, where they're called Houston's or Scottsdale's uh, called Houston's. The one in uh, the, the Biltmore in Phoenix, that one's called Hillstone, but it's pretty much the same thing. Uh, their barbecue ribs are incredible. Um, and uh, they have a uh, Hawaiian ribeye, which is like a teriyaki ribeye. It's just incredible. Everything you're going to get there is delicious. Um, their spinach artichoke chip is just out of this world uh key lime pie is delicious uh, i mean you can't get anything bad there you know so it, you it, try what's that <laughs> hey, you could try i don't know you could be very yeah, successful that, but, but yeah my favorite things are that ribeye um the ribs which are just about the best in town um as far as pork ribs go and um I also have a sandwich there that a French dip sub that is just out of this world. Um, There's another place that's close to the Biltmore that I really like. Um, it's a place called Greek Fest. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it. It's a um, it's a series of Greek. So they're like these little Greek shops that are next to each other. One's like a hair salon, another one's the, whatever. But the whole the whole business community is owned by this one Greek family and the restaurant, which is called Greek fest is owned by the mother and father and they make all the food. So they can have a day where they have almost no clients in there. They can have a day where it's completely packed. They make fresh baklava. They make whatever that fried cheeses that that's amazing that they like put alcohol on, light it on fire. And everybody goes, Whoop. Uh, <laughs> it's just like really amazing. So I mean, there's lots of different cuisine you can get in Arizona. That's really cool. If you know where to look. Yeah, absolutely. It is a, it is a melting pot. Um, you know, believe it or not, um, for, for that type of stuff. And, and I've, Every place I've been in the world, when they ask where you're from, we say Arizona. They're like, "Oh, yeah, Arizona." Like it's in Japan, they went nuts, you know, because like we were cowboys. You know what I mean? Like, they, right? They're like Arizona's famous. We're like Tokyo's famous. What are you talking? about? <laughs> <laughs> but they were really excited about that. Um, a cab driver in Italy, you know, had been here just. Mm you know, a couple months before for his vacation and, you know, just kind of drove around and he didn't like the food, which I don't blame him. Well, it's Italy. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> he said it was real heavy compared to what they eat. And he's right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people that come out to Arizona from other places and they, they bring their, their food. Uh, but yeah. So for bar- barbecue, uh, is another thing out here. Um, uh, little Miss Barbecue, which is on University Drive, mm-hmm. is outstanding. It's incredibly good. Um, there's been some shows on it, too, because it's it's pretty well known. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the place that you'll stand in line for two hours to get it, and you will 
stand in line for two hours because it's that good. Their, uh, their beef ribs are some of the best things I've ever had in life. They're outstanding. Uh, pork ribs are pretty darn delicious too. They're cheesy grits. And I'm not a grits person. Their cheesy grits are just amazing. Absolutely amazing. So Little Miss Barbecue is uh, definitely the best barbecue place in Arizona, hands down. Nice. Um, a third place. I want to try to... Have you been to Mrs. White's? Oh yeah, absolutely. Soul food, soul food in Arizona—they've had some really good options there too, and that's another place that I that I've gone, I've loved. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to disagree. You can disagree with it. You can disagree with it. That's fine. I don't know that we have a lot of good options, <laughs> but the places that are out there are good. You know, um, you know, because there's not a whole lot of soul food. Uh, it's just not a big place for that. I don't know why, but it isn't. What I've had, I love. I absolutely love it. Name a couple. You got you got Lolo's and Lolo's uh, is big. Yeah, And then what else? You have to struggle to to think of it. I know Sonia's mom had a restaurant, uh, you know, years ago, over kind of by where we used to work in South Phoenix. Yeah. Um, And uh, you know, it was pretty successful. It was just. Yeah, a little rough to do that, and you know they run a ministry too, so it was uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of work. They had to sell it, but um, you know, and, and her mom's probably the best cook I've ever met in my life. Um, but yeah, yeah, Mrs. White's solid for for thirteen bucks. You get you know really good uh, plate of food. You know, fried chicken, the uh, uh, the yams. I, I oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and they do them just like I like them too. I don't I don't want no marshmallows anywhere. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and they do them just right. You're like there does not deserve to be candy in my fruit and vegetables. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I just want to make that very clear. <laughs> so, and there's you know what? There's a, a great chicken wing place if you like wings. Uh, and this is kind of a soul food joint too, a little bit. Uh, it's called ATL, which you think stands for Atlanta, but it, it doesn't. It stands for all the love. Oh, and they have three locations now, which is cool. But uh, best one was on, um, uh, geez, it's on Warner and Arizona Avenue. Yeah, see, so there are a few places that do soul food in the area. Yeah, yeah, and this is primarily a chicken wing place, and uh, these are the best wings out there. Yeah, I mean, zips are pretty good too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I'd say they're somewhat comparable but i would go to this place over them any day because they have uh they have honey habanero wings and i love honey habanero sauce so yeah they they also have the best fries in town they look not good like if you look at them, <laughs> you're like they're not plated very well yeah they don't look like great but then you taste them oh my god they're just extraordinary something about them you know seasoning they put on whatnot Ooh, they're just incredible. So ATL, remember that. ATL. Got it. I'm, I'm logging that down. ATL. Hold on a second. <laughs> then, because we could talk for hours on food. Let, let's move on, though, because, I mean, you got a couple of sports teams out there, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Arizona has a few. The, the Arizona, uh, the Phoenix Coyotes is a hockey team. Uh, they were, gosh, I think they were... <sighs> They're a Canadian team. 
and I know there's a hockey fan out there. I'm not a, I'm a boxing fan. I'm not a hockey fan so much. Uh, I did follow the, the Coyotes for a while, though, when Rick Tockett was playing and, you know, Javi Bullen, all them. So, uh, so there may be a hockey fan out there mad at me for not getting this right, but I think uh, they were the Canadians, maybe the Montreal Canadians or something like that. Anyway, they came down here. They pretty much disbanded them and, and made them the Coyotes. Mm-hmm. which was a great move because Arizona got behind them. And, uh, you know, one thing about people here in Arizona is they want to have a home team to root for, you know. And then, uh, you know, we saw that when the, the Major League Baseball expanded mm-hmm. and we got the Diamondbacks and they made it an Arizona-themed team. Uh, everybody got behind them and they got tons of money thrown at them, which was great because they won the series, you know, two years after pretty quickly. Yeah. After being, uh, you know, created, which was just awesome. Who's their American league team. Do you know? What's that? Do you know if I think, I think the diamondbacks are national league. Who's their, who's their American league team. I have no idea. No. I don't. I really don't watch baseball. Okay then. <laughs> if no one's getting punched or kicked, I typically ain't. Uh, that's true. You're more into MMA stuff, so. Yeah. Um, um, Cardinals and, are the football yeah. team, though. Yeah, and the Cardinals are the football team. Which, and you see the difference. Uh, Cardinals came over from St. Louis. They didn't change them. I really thought they should have disbanded them, like they, you know, they did the uh, the the Titans. You know, they were the Houston Oilers, mm. and then they uh, went to Tennessee. Yeah, changed them up, became the Tennessee Titans, and everybody got behind them. Well, people have a hard time getting behind the Cardinals for some reason, you know, because they're they're not necessarily a, the Arizona team. Mm-hmm. People really want them to be. So, like, I thought if they would have if they would have disbanded the Cardinals and like made them like uh, I don't know Phoenix Firebirds or you know something like that, uh, it, it would have been it have been much much better but so like own that (laughs) and then and then um i don't think there are any specific state holidays for arizona that really stand out to me i mean at least not when i was there do you remember anything or am i just not no the only the only holiday issue i don't know if you want to talk about this now but is uh you know, Arizona the and Martin Luther King Day. Infamous for for we'll, we'll we'll hold on to that because I do have a section on civil rights that I want to get into in okay. just a few minutes. Um, but the population for Arizona in general is pretty sizable. I think it's seven, oh, it's over seven million. Seven point two million. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And two million of those are just right in the Phoenix area alone. Yeah, so, yeah. but I mean, it's like Phoenix is this huge. I mean, it reminds me a lot of Los Angeles. It's this huge yeah. in the middle of nowhere. It's this yeah. huge, sprawling metro that's like right there. It's got a major airport. I mean, it, it, yes. it's huge. Um, and that it's is yeah, one of the the best organized um, uh, airports in the world that I've been to. One of the nicest, actually, too. The people there are actually really, really polite. Yeah, yeah. Much better than LAX, you know? <laughs> You're not going to get any argument from me on that? <laughs> <laughs> LAX can be a nightmare, so, yeah. Um, but as far as the... Um, I mean, there's also some rural communities that are out there, too. You know, like... Um, you know, before we... I forgot. I mean, we have the Phoenix Suns, too. We didn't even oh, yeah! Oh, totally forgot about them. Which have been around forever, and, you know... Uh, uh, the, the the ladies team the, the Mercury mm-hmm. uh, the Phoenix Mercury they they've been uh, I think they've been instrumental in bringing women's basketball to the forefront you know um, I don't hear about any other groups really um, 
you know, Mercury's pretty pretty out there. I um, care about the sparks. Um, as far as women's basketball goes, Sparks is one I heard a lot about. There was one in Los Angeles that was really big too that I know for a while it was out there and I'm trying to remember, but it's, it's eluding my brain right now. And I, you know, me and sporting the sport of the sport of the sport and talking about stuff like that. I'm a bowler. That's what I do. Sorry. (laughs) So (laughs) it is what it is is for me. Um, And is your big sports movie, right? Yes, exactly. So, well, and that in, um, Lebowski, but whatever, you know, that's just me. <laughs> um, so it's then we get into, again, population centers. Uh, rural communities. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, you know, you have a lot of reservation uh, area out here. Like mm-hmm. I said, the Hopi live on a very small plot of land right in the middle of the Navajo area. Um, you know, but you have, you have a, a few few tribes out here um and of course you have outlying areas and small places uh there's a couple towns that we like to go to mm-hmm. um for little staycations one is jerome and you mentioned that earlier it's kind of a, a kind of a hippie artsy uh community out in the middle of the desert you know and uh i mean you go into town it's nothing but art galleries you know, and music places. It's really cool. Um, the lead singer of Tool and a, a Perfect Circle, Maynard James Keenan, mm-hmm. he, he lives out there and he's he has a couple shops, uh, a winery. Um, one of his bands called Pussy Fur has like a swag shop there. Uh, and you can, we actually bought some, some of the stuff because it's really cool. Uh, <laughs> I think I got a beanie and so you got like a hoodie or something like Man, it's just cool, cool stuff. Um, you can get a lot of like good balsamic vinegars there, and uh, um, olive oil is mm-hmm. real big there. So you know, we we have some. Uh, yeah, pick up some every time we go to Jerome. It's just it's a fun place to be. There's a great place to eat there called Haunted Hamburger, which sounds a little weird, but the food is really good. <laughs> Haunted hamburger. Yeah, pretty delicious. Awesome. Uh, let's and, see. Uh, Prescott is another place I, we really like to go to. Quaint little town with a nice little town square. Yeah. Almost a back to the future, you know, town square at the clock type thing, you know. Nice. It has an old uh, uh, civil building as the, the center of this park and that's just really cool. Um, I noticed that with Old Scottsdale too. I mean, there there was that whole like little downtown feeling where you go there and you can get that mm-hmm. from there too. So yeah. I mean, there's the, I, I would say that Phoenix in general and the general environment in that area has a lot of really distinctive looking structures and even the homes in general are very stylized towards southwestern in some cases and it's 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 a look. It's it's definitely a look that goes along with a lot of that stuff there. So I mean, there's stuff. But I mean, in terms of the major in Prescott, there's a couple of places that I want people to know about that are there. Yeah, uh, Prescott Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. They have no brewery there, but the, it's not the beer that I go there for. It's the food. It's off the chain. Their fried fish is extraordinary it's so good um but they got a couple dishes like again this one of those places nothing there is bad like everything's good but the fish was extraordinary uh i had a fried catfish po' boy that was probably the best po' boy i've ever had um and they got some cool stuff like uh they had an avocado ranch which seems like simple but 
gosh, it was so good. Um, they also have a pizza joint there that's incredible called Bill's Pizza. It's not mine, but you know. You'll see credit. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> that place is delicious, you know. So, I mean, it's a cool place. You can go there, you know, have lunch at Bill's Pizza, have dinner at Prescott Brewing Company. Um, there's another place I haven't been there yet, but I hear nothing but good things. I think it's called The Raven. Mm. It's like a bar and grill type place. I guess their burgers are really good. So I'm going to go out and check it out. I've, I've been a little spoiled ever since I got back from Italy. Um, <laughs> in terms of pizza, I, I can't find anything in the States that's even close to it at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, I, and don't get me wrong. I love New York pizza. I love, um, I, I love um, Chicago style. They're both fantastic and they're very distinctive. But for anybody who has had... Uh, the, just go back to Billy's old, you know, October of last year, his, his trip to Italy. It's fantastic. Um, in terms of the economy in Arizona, what is Arizona really known for? I mean, obviously they've had a huge mining community for many, many years of copper and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. By superior, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a bunch of copper mines out there. And I guess that was a big part of uh, industry, which can you imagine working a copper mine in this heat? <laughs> it's no. like incredible. <laughs> Uh, you know, agriculture. Um, what kind of know. agricultural items would they possibly have in Arizona? I mean, like obviously, wine is one thing that we've that we've talked about that they have. Yeah, I think that's more of a um, like a niche market type thing. Uh, I don't think they're mass producing it here like they do in California. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just too hot for grapes out here. Um, corn, I know, I've seen yeah, corn and, and things like that. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. The Arizona is really known for a whole lot of that. So, what's the Arizona economy based on? Do you think primarily? Um, I, I mean, tourism. Um, the industry that's in the city, as far as like, I know there's a lot of educational, a lot of tech stuff here, and a lot of education stuff. So you know, yeah. of course, University of Phoenix is a huge entity uh, not as big as it used to be but you know it kind of pioneered uh the whole distance learning thing and and online stuff which now yeah. every school is online you know um and university of phoenix i know they helped all the the major ivy league school, yeah harvard yale and princeton they actually helped them develop their online programs yeah so you know that's a huge industry um there's like GoDaddy and PayPal and, and a lot of these, uh, you know, digital services out here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so uh, I'd say that's probably the main thing. Okay. What about as far as transportation and infrastructure? I remember when I was out there, there was some traffic issues and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Traffic's rough. Uh, Phoenix traffic. Uh, like I said, it's the mini LA. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah, I always joke about LA traffic. You know, at least it moves. Like, it, like you're you're bumper to bumper, but you're going sixty miles an hour. You know, it's scary, yeah. but you're moving here. Like they they're not moving, so it's 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 rather annoying. Um, but your weights may not be as bad as as LA or or San Francisco. Or, you know, trying to get across the bridge or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, it, it is pretty rough. Um, but there is a light rail system in downtown Phoenix, is there not? Yeah, there is. There is. Um, it's got a lot of detractors, though. Uh, you, you know, like proponents say, it's great for you know if you want to go to the baseball game. You know, you want to go see the Diamondbacks or, or the Suns play and. You know, maybe people are drinking and they get on the light rail instead of driving. So it, that's it's good for safety or whatever. Um, 
but the uh, you know opponents of the light rail just say it's kind of a waste because it doesn't go to enough places. You know, uh, we spent a lot of money on it, and it's, it it doesn't really uh, you know get a lot of people around the city. Yeah. So it's uh, I, I've heard this weird thing that the, almost like a conspiracy theory about it being purposely designed bad uh, mm. so it would fail. I have no idea why that would be, but, you know, who knows what politics or, or <laughs> government or whatever. But, uh, but you know, as we mentioned earlier, though, Sky Harbor, the airport, is probably one of the best in the country. It's really a well-designed airport, very really efficient, efficient, very, it's very efficient. My favorite uh, airports in the world, you know, as far as they get around in, it's really easy it's obvious what to do. Uh, you know, one of those things, like if you're rushing to the airport, if you're in LAX and you're rushing, you're in trouble. You know what I mean? If you're late, you're in trouble. Phoenix, you're going to make it. You know what I mean? You'll, you'll get there. Uh, just the way, uh, way Sky Harbor's laid out, it's, 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 it's a great airport. Um, so I'll give it that. Uh, train depots, who knows? I, I don't, I don't really think of a train out here. It's not, it's yeah. not something it's known for, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but obviously the big draw for tourism in the state of Arizona is the Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon. Yeah. And trains do play a part in that, you know, people do take some trains out, out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The Grand Canyon, uh, Antelope Valley or Antelope Canyon Valley, something like that. That's a cool spot. People like to go to. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Tombstone, as you mentioned, also Sedona. Yeah, Sedona. That's a that's a huge place. Uh, oh, Red Rocks out there. They have some. Uh, they have some good places to eat out there as well. Just fantastic stuff. Uh, now, the governor uh, of your state right now is um, uh, Steve Ducey, or. Or Doug, Doug Ducey, I'm sorry. Yeah. C, yeah. Um, and uh, you guys are, pre- although I think the mayor of Phoenix is not Republican. They're Democratic, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. And uh, so it's, uh, it's kind of odd. And um, we had... Um, in fact, the state the state senator, or not state senator, but the one of the senators, yeah, Kirsten Cinema, she is from she is Democratic, and right now Martha McSally, who is acting um, senator, uh, is up for re-election against Mark Kelly, who is the former astronaut, the former astronaut and war hero. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, good luck. Uh, I mean, Martha McSally was somebody who lost. Um, to a Democrat in a red state, and it hasn't happened in 30 years. And she lost to a bisexual Democrat in Arizona. So I don't think Martha McSally stands a chance of beating Mark Kelly. And Democrat or not, he's a he's a decorated war veteran. And one of the things that obviously, apart apart from being an astronaut, um, his wife Gabby Giffords, unfortunately, was there was an attempted assassination on her life. She survived, and um, they are oh my gosh, they're such a beautiful couple. I love them together. They're just a really heartwarming couple together. Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate. 
Yeah. But I mean, hey, at least she's alive and I'm, I'm happy about that. Um, in terms of resources, um, we talk about some of the things that the state is known for, obviously copper mining. Um, there are a lot of casinos, um, especially Native American casinos that are there. I, I think of like Talking Stick Resort. I think of... Um, <laughs> There, there, there was a Harrah's right next to my place over in s- just south of Phoenix. So, I mean, I was, I literally had four miles to drive and then boom, I was there. Um, uh, Wild Horses is another one that's down there. I Wild Horses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and which, by the way, if you go to that area, you will see wild horses off just past the distance. So, I mean, it's really kind of cool to see stuff like that. But in terms Let's of... Uh, Adina Howard, if you know her, uh, she had some very... Uh, provocative R&B songs back in the, the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, just look up Adina Howard. You, you'll remember the songs once you start hearing them. Uh, she has great success. Uh, she's a chef at Wild Horse Pass now. Oh, is she really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's very cool, actually. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how people have that have that little change in their lives and stuff like that. Um, all right, very cool. Um, but I don't know that there's anything like... <laughs> that comes out of Arizona that you're like, Oh my gosh, you know, with, you know, well, like what's the state known for? I mean, yeah. the heat, the desert, it's a classic desert. Um, you know, uh, uh, Wiley coyote was chasing the, uh, the roadrunner in Arizona. That's, you know what I mean? That is pretty much what it is. Yeah. Well, it, it was what it is, you know, like even the landmarks they tried to put up were, were of Arizona, which is funny. Um, so we've all seen Arizona, at least people of our generation uh but yeah it's known for the desert the heat you know these humongous floral cactuses which are extraordinary when you're next to them you know they're massive uh you know it's like how big can a cactus be well it can crush your house if it falls (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> and it's so weird because we don't think of it in terms of a cacti being like the size of a tree. Yeah. Like, like I, when I mean tree, I mean like a tree, you know, <laughs> something like massive, but yeah, they're, they're pretty sizable and, and girthy and stuff like that. So they, 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 they can cut you, <laughs> but shifting over conversation a little bit, mm-hmm. talking about civil rights. Um, obviously there has been um, some points of contention. You made reference to it earlier with um, when, Martin Luther King Jr.'s holiday in January was being rolled out. Um, there were a lot of opponents in Arizona who said, we're not going to have this in Arizona. We're going yeah, to lead, boycott the this. Leadership, the leadership was uh, blatantly racist, you know, and um, they weren't hiding it, yeah. you know. And uh, they unfortunately had a lot of support, you know, from... Uh, <laughs> The other culture, I guess you would call it here, you know, that we were talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, uh, I, I don't get where they're coming from. I don't think I ever will. Um, you know, civil rights been something I've been pretty passionate about my entire life. Um, you know, and it, it's, it's just odd to see people think that way. You know. Yeah. Just the fact that we are, we're not arguing for superiority, you know, we're arguing for equality, you know, we just want everyone to be treated the same yeah. and people that oppose that. And how can you oppose that? You know? Well, you're going to have people um, opposing it on the basis of, well, these aren't U.S. citizens, for example. That's one thing that comes across. Um, you have people who say, um, 
yeah, I, I respect Native American rights, but no. this is the United States now, and that was then, this is now, and they're members you know, of the United States. So it's the attitude, you know, and uh, yeah, it's, this stuff wasn't that long ago. Yeah. You know? Rather, it's, uh, you know, racial equality. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that me and my fiance couldn't get married. You know, if you think about it, in my parents' lifetime, my parents, not my grandparents, my parents. I mean, the movie Loving, you know, yeah. had to do with that. And, and in Virginia, uh, you know, in the 60s, which I, I wasn't quite born yet, but, uh, you know, my parents were, that, that was their their time, <laughs> you know. And, 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 and you're talking about the case of Loving versus Virginia. Yeah, and it was against the law. Like, are you kidding you know, I mean, uh, we have a, a, a problem with systemic racism, you know, in this country. People, a lot of people don't want to see it. A lot of people here in Arizona definitely don't want to see it or admit, admit it, that it's there. Um, I think that's the, the first step. You got to admit that it's there. Um, I mean, obviously, I, you know, regardless of my mixed heritage, I obviously look like a white dude, you know, and I, and I benefit from all the privilege that comes with that. You know what I mean? Um, yes, yes, I do. Being a Jewish gay man, um, <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I understand. Right? You know, I mean, and if they don't know that, then you're you're cool, right? I mean, you're you're going to get it until they find out. Yeah, unfortunately, white privilege is one of those things. And you know, I teach cultural diversity, and so one of the things that I I hear from a lot of my students is they focus, they tend to focus on race being the number one thing in the class as a, a, as a talking point um, with gender being a secondary thing, maybe sexual orientation being another, but things, you know, things that we don't in terms think about are um, th- that come up in terms of civil rights as well are socioeconomic differences, you know, the poor versus the rich and things like that too. And that's, that's another challenge that comes out there too. Um, uh, there's just, there's so many things that are, that are prevalent in the society. One of the things that really I remember, um, Another big thing uh, from a couple of years ago, and I know we we're going to talk about this in a couple of slides, but since, we, since we're talking about civil rights right now, um, talking in terms of the Papers, Please law that was developed um, where you, know, you had to show your birth certificate if you were pulled over in some cases, if you looked, if you were, if you looked different. And so... Yeah, if you were brown. Yeah. You know, basically, if they saw somebody they thought was Mexican... You know they can demand their 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 citizenship papers or you know whatnot, and I, I mean it, it, it's horrifically racist. You know, yeah, and, it's it's profiling basically. Yeah. And the the person that that um, what was his name Steve something or other, um, he's he's in uh, Trump's administration right now. Uh, actually, the person who wrote that, Steve Mnuchin. Uh, no, 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 it wasn't him. Uh, we'll, have to look, we'll have to look it up. Uh, but um, I remember. Oh, Stephen Miller. I think his name is Stephen Miller. I think you're right there. Yeah. Anyway, um, so at the time, I was a regional manager for a finance company, and 99% maybe of my employees were um, single young mothers. Uh, Mexican females that that worked for me there, and 
I mean, I gave them the day off to go protest. Uh, you know, it was like we ran with a skeleton crew. I went in and, and helped out, you know, on the, uh, the front lines there to, to, to make sure we had enough room for people to go out and do that. And, you know, we did it in shifts to where we can go march. And it was just such an important thing, you know, uh, on that day, money didn't matter. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. Like it was more no, no. To- Believe me, I, I I get it, especially you know having having the different types of situations that we deal with on a regular basis. So yeah, it's so yeah. There's there's a spotty there's a spotty record, but I mean, I want to stress that over the last few years there have been some some improvements um, to the way that people are. Uh, seen um, there, there is still a struggle out there in some ways, but just as the as much as there's a struggle on one hand, there's now a very vocal other side to this equation that's going out there in order to try and help out and yeah, and make sure that people are being heard. We've had the largest protest in in history, mm-hmm. you know, and it's worldwide now. You know, hopefully yeah. it'll it'll continue. You know, uh, I mean the, the civil rights. Act in 1968. It took uh, ten days of of protesting, you know, um, for for that to you know that bill to get signed. Yeah, we've been far past that. I think the other side is is far more um, stubborn about it, you know, because we have a, a president that's encouraging white nationalism openly. You know, so it's, you know, it, it, there's there's no badge of shame that it used to have, you know, and now it's pretty much, uh, you know, a source of pride for some of these folks. Uh, and I know this is going to be a divisive topic. And so, uh, again, I encourage my, 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 my students out there, be respectful. Um, feel, free to, feel free to speak your mind. Totally fine. But again, be, please be respectful of everybody's opinions on this. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, but we're all Americans, and, and we we got to find a common ground, yeah. you know. But uh, like I said, there's certain things that we can we can have discourse on. I mean, certain things we can argue, um, certain things we could debate with civility and respect. Uh, racism isn't one of them. <laughs> you know, equality is not one of them. You know, everybody should be treated, uh, you know, the same. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's just, we have to demand that, Yeah. you know. Nope, I agree. All right, let's move on to a couple of other topics before we get going. Um, I know that science was a big area um, that we talk about, uh, especially in Arizona. In fact, at one point you guys had the biosphere. Um, yeah. That was that was a big thing for a while. Um, do you, did you, did you ever do any research on that at all? Or had you ever seen anything about it? No, that was a little before my time. I know Sonia uh, had visited. Uh, and she said it was just really cool. Um, it raised a lot of awareness in Arizona, believe it or not, uh, and California, because we heard a lot about it, you know, growing up. Um, and then Polly Shore did the movie about it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I believe we got a Polly Shore reference on our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Is, uh, but she has a, a brand new movie that just came out that was, uh, wow. Uh, he's 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 still he's still doing stuff, huh? I don't even want to plug it, but uh, yeah, it was good to see Paul. <laughs> awesome. Um, in terms of other scientific advancements or anything, I know that you had a couple of tech companies that were out there for a while. Intel was out there for a while. Motorola, as I know, you know about. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's been we a, have, a uh, we have the Arboretum too. Hmm. Um, 
out uh, right before you get to Superior. Yes. Uh, around Globe area. The Arboretum is a wonderful place, um, you know, for, uh, gosh, botany, I guess, but it's a center for botany. Mm-hmm. But it has a lot of other cool stuff, too, there, because they, uh, they open it up for, for lots of stuff. Sonia and I have uh, uh, done some photography classes out there. Um, they just have a ton of different activities. But uh, they have, have different you, habitats set up. Have you gone to see it at night? Yes. Yeah, actually, that is a, a nighttime photography class there. That is something, if ever you go to Arizona, students, take a look at that. It's really fantastic the way they put it together. I don't know that they do it all year round. I think they do it like for a couple months out of the year. This is the place you were talking about, the uh, house in the side of the cliff. Yes. Yeah. Now, I, whenever I go there and I see that little house, mm-hmm. I just imagine, can you just fathom what it was like living that thing <laughs> in the middle of August. No, <laughs> not in Arizona. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. That was just incredible. Yeah. But the place is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You go from just one habitat to the next, to the next, to the next. <laughs> it's cool. You know, they have eucalyptus forest out there too. And it's like, you know, that's something we see in Cali. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Let's move on to education in your state. Now, obviously, there are a lot of colleges out there, but K through 12, there's some challenges there. Okay, yeah. So, university level, I think is... And you and I both worked for a university together. Absolutely, absolutely. So, we have, you know, uh, a lot of private universities out here that are pushing the the innovation uh, button. Uh, But we have great state schools, Mm -hmm. you know... uh, ASU is fantastic. Mm-hmm. U of A is fantastic. NAU is fantastic. Yep. At Northern Arizona University. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so the the college level is great. K through twelve. I mean, we have fifty states, and Arizona ranks number forty seven in education. So it, you know. And that's according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, I believe, correct? Yeah, I mean, we talk about politics, and whether you're red or blue, whatever, I mean, it doesn't matter, but, you know, we can, we can criticize it for being a red state and that being a low priority or not, but, you know, it, whatever the reason is, it's got to change. You know, 47, like, what you're doing is not working. It's yeah, got, it's, it's, it's... I know it's a lot tough. of teachers, uh, K-12 through teachers here. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our mutual friends, one of my best best buddies in life. Uh, his wife's a, a, a K-12 teacher. And, um, I mean, they're just incredibly underfunded, you know. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're spending their own money on, on supplies. Yeah. Just for the, just for the students, it's kind of crazy. I know the healthcare system in Arizona also is hit or miss too, depending upon where you're at. Um, Dignity Health is a pretty large organization in that area, but, uh, and obviously, I mean, there's a world renowned uh, healthcare system out there through the Mayo Clinic, which is huge. And it, the greatest yeah. research center in the, in the country, maybe, you know, along with John Hopkins and, and all mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Sure. And then uh, I think Cancer Centers of America has something out there as well. Um, there's a few places that are in, in terms of health and wellness that are really big out there, but they're kind of the outliers in, in general, I would think, I feel. Um, 
Uh, so in, in terms of an overall view, yeah. yeah. Well, but, but here's the thing. If you, if we're traveling to, if we're on vacation and we're traveling to Arizona, I don't have a problem with saying, okay, well, you know, there's, there's a lot of hospitals. I don't have a problem with going to a hospital. They have general health knowledge, oh, yeah. but if you have a, but if you have a major health situation, that might be something that you might want to, like if you've got a cancer scare or if you've got, um, other really critical needs, specialty critical needs issues, you might want to get a, a, a review at home from your from your local physician or something like that, unless that's, it's that's, through one of those places like the Mayo Clinic or something like that. Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't do that anyway, but, you know. <laughs> um, well, one, one thing, uh, did you want to talk about some of the activity stuff yet or... or? In terms, yeah, you know what? Actually, let's talk about communication really quick. I want to get into activity in just a little bit, okay? Um, but in terms of communications and the infrastructure there, Arizona is pretty beefed up. Is in terms of it's it's got a pretty robust communication structure. I mean, it's got internet everywhere, so that's not. Yeah, I, I don't have any. I don't have any issues. You know. Yeah. Here with that, there's cell towers all over the place. Um, Talk to talk to me about activities. Let's, let's you know. Let's talk about it now, since you know some of those activities involve uh, communication and digital uh, digital piece, digital sure. places. As far as like uh, you know, we, if, of course, everybody's big thing now, especially during uh, uh, COVID time, is, is binging shows. Yes, <laughs> you know. So we're all looking at that. But I mean, as far as cable goes, um, there. Growing up in California, you had a lot more choices you know there's more players in the game yeah out here you know you have maybe one huge player and then a couple other little little things out here so like uh you know you might have one one big company that kind of holds a monopoly you know and it's not called a monopoly because that would be illegal (laughs) right but you know (laughs) there's ways around calling them up maybe it's uh, the area you know that it's in i don't know but you basically you're at the mercy of uh of one big place out here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for sure. <laughs> but in terms of activities, like when, when you're not in the middle of a pandemic, like what are some of the activities that you think of in terms of yeah. Arizona that a tourist yeah. might want to come and see? Yeah. The big thing here is hiking, mm. you know, uh, hiking is, is, uh, there's tons of trails out here. And, um, I mean, not too many people are going to hike during the summertime, you know, and our summer really goes from, it's eight months long. <laughs> it is. It is. It really is because yeah. you have like two months that are moderate. You have two months that are actually a little bit chilly. Yeah. So, and then every yeah. other month is just I go there. But hot. Yeah. <laughs> you got towards the. I mean, last half of April is pretty much summer. Yeah. Um, and then you you have until maybe the last week of September, early October. Yeah. That summer, and it's pretty darn hot. Um, and then, uh, you know, from November to, you know, April is paradise. It's wonderful here. It's shorts weather all the time. I'm actually a little bit surprised because I wanted to say there were times where I was uh, I was awake and, like, you and I, we used to work... <laughs> We would come in when it was dark. <laughs> Sometimes it was like crazy early in the morning. 5 a.m., yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then um, we would have it to where 
there might be ice on the ground in some places because you are, it, it is a desert, you know, and like January, February timeframe or Jan, or descent, late December, January, it's still winter. And winter is winter, regardless of whether you're in a desert. And by the way, being in an open desert, it can get very cold, very, very, very cold. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's the, the coldest has been here since I've been was 22 degrees. Yeah. It was one night and I was like, wow. And I, w- I hadn't been here that long. I think it was the first year I was here, I want to say. So I was shocked. Um, but, I mean, that, is, that rarely happens. You know what I mean? But, and, it, and during the day, it's never cold. You know, I mean, that's going to be, you know, middle of the night, mid, you know, early morning. Like when you said it's still dark. Yeah. What are some of the best hiking spots that you would recommend to people that are coming out to visit? Well, it kind of depends. They're all over. Um, in the, like, Phoenix area, there's... Um, there's one solid one. Let me see. I got a little cheat seat because I can never remember the name of Pinnacle Peak. Pinnacle Peak? Okay. Yeah. That's 3,100 feet at the top. Okay. So it's like a go up, go down, back up, back down. You know what I mean? And it's a very nice trail, very uh, properly maintained. Sorry, I got the hiccups. That's okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Properly maintained, and it's uh, fairly tough. I mean, the first time I went on it, I wasn't prepared for it, and uh, yeah, it was it was a rough trail. So um, now I could do it no problem because I know it's coming. I guess you know. Um, so I'd say it's a, it's moderate, really. You know, but if you're not used to hiking, you know, watch out. That one's gonna. Yeah. And and by all means, please, 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 students, if you are ever going out to this place. Please make sure you have some protection. Make sure you're wearing a hat. Make sure you're well well hydrated. Make sure that you do everything you can in order to protect yourself from the sun because that is a serious element in Arizona and it will suck the water right out of your body. And you don't want to be one of the people on the news, you know, getting helicoptered out because, you know, you didn't bring water or something. That would be embarrassing. Just bring a backpack with water in it, please, please, please. Bring a camel back. Like I, I, regardless of whether we really need it or not, maybe it's a small hike. I always bring a camel back, you know, with, with, uh, with water in it. And for those who are not familiar with a camel back, is that like a canteen that's attached to your back? That's right. So it's like, it looks like a little backpack Mm -hmm. and it's got a bladder in it with a, a drinking tube. Okay, cool. You know? But I mean, even if you just bring some water with you, you know, do that, but never go without being hydrated. Uh, and, you know, drink a good quart of water before you go on the hike, you know? Um, I mean, that's just fundamentals there, for sure. Um, if you're going on a longer hike, take something to eat with you, like a little something for energy. It could be like a little candy bar, or a protein bar, something. Yeah. Something that won't melt typically. Yeah. <laughs> Protein bars are good. <laughs> Chocolate candy bars might not be so good. Just, I mean, obviously you want energy, but still, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I am over here in the East Valley. So I live in Gilbert. There's, um, I'm a member of the like national park thing out here to where, you know, I can go hiking whenever I want, whatever you pay them a yearly fee. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a cool section out here, um, right off the hunt highway. Um, there's a, a, a 
a trail out here called Goldmine, okay. which is pretty moderate until you get to the peak of it. And then it's like straight up for like a quarter mile. Um, so it's a pretty moderate, good exercise trail until you hit that. And then it's just like, it's rough, you know, so it gives you a great workout. I do want to ask you really quick on the notion of safety and security when you're doing hiking. Um, do you have to bring anything with you like a pepper spray or something? Cause you obviously have, I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about more like wildlife that might come into your area. Yeah. I've never seen anything other than a snake. Uh, okay. I've seen a snake cross the trail, but it wasn't trying to hurt anybody. It was just trying to get across the trail. Okay. Um, you know, we just stopped and let it, let it go. Um, as far as safety goes, the best thing I can tell you as far as that is don't wear headphones, you know, and if you're one of those people that just can't do any activity without it, cool, just wear one headphone then. Leave the other one open because rattlesnakes will warn you. And the, that's the one thing you don't want to mess with the rattlesnake. You know, if you get bit by that, you're in trouble. So, you know, if you hear a rattlesnake, stop immediately <laughs> figure out where it's coming from go the other direction yeah you know because if they're rattling they're just trying to tell you stay away you know um yeah so that that's my main safety tip is don't have your headphones going to where you can't hear what's going on yeah. um mcdowell mountain is mm-hmm. another mount phoenix area there's a ton of trails out there very cool uh place you can pick different levels of uh you know intensity out there um and then, i mean there's trails all over the place uh um camelback mountain camelback's the big one i always heard about and they have some really lovely homes up in the camelback area too yeah yeah and that's you can see camelback from pinnacle peak too so it's right there um but camelback's probably the most popular trail yeah. Uh, right now during COVID, if you're going to go hiking, like I would stay away from Camelback. There's too many people there, you know, and you guys are exerting yourself. Just some people think, oh, I'm outside. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it does matter. And having worked at Motorola and learned what I learned about particles that come out of your body, yeah. you know, we, we had to protect our product from particles. So we took all these like, you know, classic. Yeah, you were you were wearing PPE way before it was required. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just learned like we would record ourselves talking to each other in slow motion with particle, you know, uh, capture equipment. So you so can see exposed. the ex- see expelled. Yeah, yes. And first of all, six feet isn't far enough. They're just saying that so you'll at least do that. Uh, if I'm talking to you six feet, I'm going to hit you. Uh, um, with little chunks of my lung, uh, mucus, all that kind of stuff, saliva that's coming out of, out of my mouth. When I blink, chunks of my eyeball go into your face. That's just the way it is when we talk to each other. So well, this I, is, it doesn't surprise me because it's like the human body sheds skin cells and all kinds of cells, and it's regenerating itself over the course of, I want to say, about six months every every year. It's like completely, right. Yeah, right. 100% regenerates. So. Yeah. So anyway, imagine that you're exerting yourself and you guys are walking by each other. You're walking behind them and they're breathing back a bunch of crap. Like it's not safe to do that. So speaking of safety in terms of the pandemic, Arizona is not doing too hot right now. No, Arizona uh, has so many people that decide uh, what what we hear out here all the time is we're not sheep. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> like, I, never mind the politics of it. 
like just knowing what I know from working at Motorola and around all the particulates and all that, like I understand that the masks are important. You know what I mean? And Arizona is number two worst in the country right now behind Florida yeah. because people are saying, well, we're not sheaves and masks don't help because they found some article online or something. You know, I, I mean, I'd rather listen to scientists <laughs> and my own personal experience from working with a, you know, huge company that dealt with particulates uh, than some dude you know, who looks up stuff on, on, well, let me ask you a question. And, and with your knowledge, with your knowledge of uh, particulates and your knowledge about having, having worn PPE in the past, when you have someone that comes up to you and says, I'm sorry, I can't breathe in this stuff. It's, it's really restrictive. How do you, how do you talk to that person? Well, I mean, you say, well, cause you were wearing it for like 12 hours a day. I give, I give my experience. Like my, my family has lung issues. And I haven't really had a ton of them, but I don't have the best lung capacity ever. You know what I mean? Um, I wore three levels of masks. So I wore like a bouffant style mask, a surgical mask, and then a hooded mask that covered everything but my eyes for 12 hours a day, six days a week. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, I breathe just fine. You know, when we've gone hiking, I wear a mask and I breathe just fine. Like it's in your head. If, if, if you know what I mean, you're, you're going to be just fine. And, and those people that I see that wear those little things that I, I don't know, they're, they're like bandana type of kind of like a thing. bandana thing. Yeah. one layer of cloth that doesn't do it. It may, you may be cutting out 10% of it. But, you know, like my mask has two layers of cloth and a surgical mask that slides in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that maybe is cutting 80%. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's better than, you know. <laughs> and remember, I'm wearing my mask to save you from the chance of getting it. So I'm reducing your risk. Well, I expect you to reduce my risk by wearing a mask. There are going to be people. There are going to be people who, obviously, based on their politics, might disagree upon the whole nature of that. Yeah, and that's true. And I wish they would see it differently. And you know, unfortunately, we have a president that decides to kind of work on that, and people want to listen to their president. And you know, if the president says it, I'm going to do it. And, you know, it's an unfortunate time, but I wish people would see it kind of for what it is and stop worrying about the politics part of it. You know, like obviously the state is second worst and Florida is the, you know, the worst for a reason. Yeah. If there's anything that can be done, I mean, you obviously want to try and do something that mitigates the damage. We Imagine if everybody just went ahead and did what was suggested. We'd probably be out of it by now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're they're holding it back by doing that. So I just, I wish they would, they would see that. Yeah. By the way, I want to talk really quickly to you about um, some of the challenges in Arizona. Cause uh, when I, when I originally was going to head out there, I mean, I kept hearing these stories about there are, you know, crime is so terrible in Arizona. There's people decapitated in the middle of the desert and stuff like that. I mean, uh, there are terrorists who come up through the Southern border. Any, any word on that that you're aware of? Cause you've been living there a lot longer than I have. Yeah, since 1996. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, no. <laughs> You're like, just no, not. I think there's a lot of um, fear mongering 
especially when it comes from the southern border because there's a lot of politics tied to it now people want to you know harsher border control so they say terrorists are coming up and i don't know maybe it's possible but i you know most most people that come here illegally do so on a plane yeah and they don't come up to the southern border they they can easily come from wherever they're going to come from and just overstay their visa yeah you know so i don't think there's a whole lot of truth to it at least not what i've seen you know headless in the desert i i don't i mean you haven't you haven't heard about it or you haven't seen it on television in terms of you know other than i've heard that urban legend type (laughs) yeah Um, but Two, two more uh, uh, sure. uh, trails that I wanted to mention real quick before we go, because they're pretty big. Um, they're all East Valley, okay. far East Gold Canyon area. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one called um, Peralta Trail. Peralta That's, Trail? Okay. Yeah, it's probably the most beautiful trail I've hiked on. It was 11 miles total, Okay. And uh, which was the longest one I've done. And um, the, it, it's... It's just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. And from that, um, from that trail, you can see the toughest hike in Arizona that I've heard of. I mean, there, there's probably some hardcore hikers listening to this going, ah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> there's probably some tougher hikes, but there's a hike out there called Flatiron. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of that one, but it's infamous for being a really tough hike. I mean, the, the last, uh, I don't know how long, but the last you push up there is actually climbing. Mm. You know? So it's a, it's a pretty, pretty rough one. Very cool, though. Lots yeah. of good stuff, though. Yeah, but hiking here is, is fantastic, as long as you're not doing it in the summer. That's true. And if you are, you know, please be very cautious. Now, uh, before we go, I definitely want to touch base on your YouTube channel because you've got some great travel stuff on there. I love the this series on when you guys took a trip to Australia as well, which was awesome. Um, Sonia is a, um, a photographer by trade, um, in addition to the normal work that she does too uh, with, within the university that we both used to work at as well. Um, but you're also her assistant as well as that goes too, which is awesome. Um, and so you guys have a wonderful YouTube channel called Weeby um, that you can find um, information about not only on YouTube, but on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, you guys are a Weeby tweet scene, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Um, do you want to give a quick plug about your channel? Yeah, the whole Weeby thing is um, uh, there's an Ice Cube song called Weeby Clubbing. Mm-hmm. And so when we first met, I don't remember which one of us did, but we made a reference to that. And the other one was like, oh, yeah, you know, and got the reference. And that was a big spark for us, you know. So we, uh, you know, we ended up calling it Weeby because, you know, Weeby hiking, Weeby camping, Weeby fishing, you know, what, whatever it is. We were traveling. That's, that's our whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why we called it Weeby. Um, and you can find that on YouTube. We have a ton of videos on there. Um, and you're also starting to use drone footage as well. Yeah, yeah. So Very yeah, cool stuff, by the way. In Italy, we, uh, we decided to do that. And um, uh, yeah, we've been to, we have videos on Sydney, um, uh, Bondi Beach, and these are in Australia, mm-hmm. uh, all over New Zealand, um, northern New Zealand, Wahiki Island. Thailand, I know. Yeah, then we went to Thailand, 
And uh, the drone footage was in Italy. So we have some uh, Italy videos. Um, so go check them out. And uh, they're beautiful. Feel free to too, is give us give us some feedback. I really want to know what you guys think. Even if you don't like them, like let me know that you like them. Let me know why. You know, whatever I can do to to improve is is important. So feel free. I mean, I'm not saying go on and be disrespectful. <laughs> no, but we really. But I every but time is, I, be real. Be yeah. Real. No. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I don't like the way you did this or the way you say that. Like, I'm totally you know appreciative of that stuff. So. Well, thank you again for doing this, by the way. This is really amazing to hear about your information on Arizona. I definitely love your channel. Um, you know, you'll, you'll see me on there from time to time commenting. So I like that stuff. You, you guys do just a great job. So keep up the great work on that, okay? No problem. One last uh, bit of advice. I'd say, and I don't know why we didn't really talk this much about it, but Scottsdale. Um, I know everybody's heard of Scottsdale, and I joked about it being a place where mafia people retire and go to witness protection building it it's a cool place and sonia and i love doing staycation stuff out there um uh and and northern phoenix area north scottsdale uh kirlin resort is a mm. place we love to go stay at just you know this is a place that has a father and son team that is they work the bad they're scottish they do the bad pipe bagpipes every night at six o'clock you can go out on their patio have drinks they have like a some tacos too like you can order these <laughs> a scottish arizona taco place yes yeah no it's at this resort but anyways the tacos are good anyway but uh and you can listen to the bagpipes and have a cocktail out there it's it's a beautiful resort um, cool. you know th- uh, another place we like is the Scottsdale Camelback Resort. We have a timeshare there. It's nice. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a nice little spot, and it's right in the middle of downtown Scottsdale, which is just a cool place to to go. So, like, if you're if you want to check out Arizona, you're not sure what to do. Come go spend a weekend in Scottsdale and check it out. You'll like it for sure. You it's know? a beautiful and community can, there. And you can bounce out and look at other stuff. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, um, again, there's so many different options there too. What, what other ones you got? Yeah. Uh, the Sanctuary is a oh, yeah. place, uh, um, you know, in Scottsdale. That's where Jay-Z and Beyonce go. They went out there, I guess. And that's, uh, you know, we stayed there and absolutely loved it. They have a, uh, a really nice restaurant there from uh, like a celebrity chef, Bo McMillan. Uh, is the executive chef of Elements, which is in there. And it's uh, the view of that place is great. It's up on a hill overlooking the golf course and this canyon. And I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff, by the way. It's yeah, amazing. Uh, Korean spare rib there is is off the chain. Um, this guy was on He competed on the next Iron Chef. He did pretty well. Uh, but it, his food's awesome. And that resort's awesome. Um, in Tucson... Uh, the Star Pass. Oh, uh, heard about that. Amazing place. Star Pass has the best jacuzzi I've ever been in. <laughs> like right in front of the resort, you can get there's like a pool and jacuzzi. It's got the best jets ever. I asked uh, Sonia to marry me there. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that, that's a that's a beautiful place to stay. Um, yeah, so there's lots of cool places with you know good resorts here. I, I would say that's one thing. <laughs> If you ask me, hey, what's something about Arizona that people don't really know is there's tons of good resorts out here. 
places to chill. So I would say if you're a lover of nature, if you love the desert community, if you love getting into the whole you know, and, and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to camp outside or do anything like that. There's just an appreciation for the desert, appreciation for the, the flora and fauna and just that whole environment. There are so many different takes of it, whether it's within the city environments that you have in Arizona or places like the Grand Canyon to Jerome and uh, Sedona, where you have a whole different perspective. There are, so, Or if you go up to the mountains of Flagstaff, where you get snow and ice and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's, there's so many different things to do in Arizona. I definitely say, you know, uh, yeah, give, it, was, give it its due, you know? That reminds me, a hidden gem. I totally forgot about this. There's a place near Superior. If you're going out towards Superior about maybe seven miles before Superior, you turn off a road, you have to look yourself for it. <laughs> uh, but it's called Ice House Canyon. Mm. You go through uh, you know, some dirt roads up into the mountains and you'll hit another world. Uh, when, we, when we did it, I want to say it was in January, mm-hmm. and it was 48 minutes from my front door to the top of this mountain, and it was snowing. And I mean, like, like Game of Thrones, you know, north Winter. of Boston, <laughs> you know, It was amazing, you know. Uh, and that place is uh, kind of famous for photographers that go up there and uh, for, uh, take pictures of the changing of seasons because of the type of trees out there. So we've been, out, we've been up in Ice House Canyon of, uh, of quite a few times, and it's, it's a gorgeous place. You wouldn't even think you're in Arizona. But they call it Ice House Canyon because back in the old days, they used to uh, freeze water up there because it was so cold mm-hmm. into big sheets of ice, and they carry it down with wagons. Oh, and, nice! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cool history. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, Bill, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. To my students that are out there, if you have any questions or comments, certainly let me know at scott at theprofessortravel.com. Um, if you like this video and you'd like to be notified when there are new ones on YouTube, click the bell icon right above us here in order to be able to find out and be notified about those. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. Um, if you like this video, definitely give it a thumbs up. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, certainly rate us, review us. We really love to hear all your feedback. But until next time, my name's Scott. I am the Professor Travel. Make every day a travel adventure. Thank you so much. Bye-bye now. The Professor Travel is a broadcast from Orange County, California. A transcript of each podcast may be requested by contacting the Professor Travel at his website, theprofessortravel.com. For opportunities to work with The Professor Travel, feel free to contact Scott at theprofessortravel.com or contact us through YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook at The Professor Travel or Twitter at TheProfessorTR1. Make every day a great day to have a travel adventure.